uh, one of our very own um, uh, is going to be teaching tonight, and uh, her name is Ty, Ty Tillman. She's going to be speaking, and I want to share uh, one quick story. I could share a husband, uh, I'm sorry, I could share a hundred because including one her husband told me about how when they go out of the country, he holds his breath because she has such a big personality, she could be an international incident. And he says that with endearing love, obviously. Uh, but I want to say this. One time I was talking with her, and uh, I can't remember why I had to call her, but I had to call her for some reason. And I said, what are you doing? She goes, I am so excited about Celebration Church. She goes, I just bought 100 tacos from Jack in the Box, and I am handing them out to people telling them, hello, my name is Ty. I want you to have these tacos, and I want to invite you to Celebration Church. And she did that all day long in the middle of the hot. And I just thought, oh, my goodness, this lady rocks. And so um, then she shared uh, some thoughts that she was having. And I said, my goodness, uh, you got to share that on a Wednesday night. And so I want her to come up here and share uh, this special message for you guys. Would you put your hands together for Ty Tillman, everybody? I am so excited to be here and thank you for having me. And I'm the one that requested the song because I always start out praising kind of here. And by the end of that song, I'm doing some kind of Texas thing with a lasso up here. It's, it's going like this and I'm all excited. And I am just so thankful that, that four years ago, actually four years ago this month, we walked through those doors and Frankie stood up there and he said, give us one year of your life and you will never be the same. And I just thank God that we did. I'm just so grateful because just like that song says, I really feel at home here. So uh, tonight, <laughs> I'm going to talk about how to hear from God. Okay, that's the same reaction I had. Was not very excited about this because one, I, I really didn't know a lot about hearing from God. Uh, we talk about it, or I guess it happens to some people all the time or whatever. And so I Googled it, you know, like you do everything, right? Google how to hear from God. I mean, they'll know the answer. I mean, I'm not getting it from Frank. No, I'm just <laughs> But so I go to Google. <laughs> so I went to Google and they had a lot of scriptures about hearing from God. But I needed to know how I can do it, right? right? Plus, the second thing is, if I'm going to get up and talk, I want to do what we call a shouting sermon. Now, that is not shouting. That's, that's Texas shouting. That's a shouting sermon. Where I'm going to come up here, I'm going to talk about healing. I want to talk about prosperity. I want to put your feet on the high ground. I'm going to talk about the promises you know, you go in and you tell a group of people that you want to talk about how to hear from God, everyone deflates like a balloon because that requires work and it requires change. And so I thought, you know, I'm going to talk about, you know, even shutting the mouth, something that I have to obviously work on a lot. You can ask my husband about that. <laughs> no amening in the front row. And uh, so I sat down and, you know, I was praying, it was like, and since I don't really hear a lot from God, my go-to prayer is, I'm just really being honest with you, my go-to prayer is, 
Lord, please shut the doors that need to be shut and open the doors that need to be opened. That way, when I'm not hearing from you, I'm not totally wrecking my life. That's what I thought was going on. So that's my go-to move right there. And so I'm sitting here and I'm like in the car, mm, nothing. You know, I try the closet. Everyone says that works. <laughs> nothing. Then one morning I woke up and it was like, I don't know, I was just doing nothing. I wasn't thinking about anything. And this, this weight just came upon my heart like a lead stone. And it was like, I want you to talk about hearing from God. That's my God voice. I kind of sat there for a second and thought, okay, that can't be God because he knows I don't know a lot about this and he's talking to me. So I decided this must be the devil and I was rebuking him. I was, get behind me, Satan. You know, that is not what you want me to talk about. And I went on, you know, making my own plans. And it wouldn't go away from my heart. It would not go away from my heart. So I got this brilliant, brilliant idea. I finally came to the realization that because this would not come off of my heart on how to hear from God, I was like, oh, I get it. I get it. Somebody that is here needs this word, needs to hear about how to hear from God. One of these people really need this word. It is you. <laughs> okay, maybe that is God. He, he does know that part. And so what happened is, is that tonight, really, this is just my struggle, my journey to try to figure out. Well, now, I am a type A, control freak kind of personality. So everything I do needs to be in a spreadsheet. I need to be able to go in and I need to have a step by step. It's like a step program. I need that. I need how to hear from God 101, how to hear from God for dummies, whatever, but it's got to be organized. And so I didn't have any of this. I would kept getting the Bible verses. So I was like, I have to have something that I can edit, delete, monitor, you know, check it and then share it with my friends on Facebook and email it to my mom because she still hadn't figured Facebook out. And I needed that. And I couldn't figure out how to get, how to hear from God down to something that just a normal person like myself can stick on the mirror because I have to have one of those things where I can look at it and go, I can do that today. I can do that today. It can't be thou art, whatever. It's got to be boom, one point, I can do it. So, thank goodness, he brings things to our remembrance. And he brought to my remembrance a book, and I'm not kidding you, I read it over 20 years ago, and it has nothing to do with hearing about God. But it was called, it's by Christina Baldwin, it was called The Seven Whispers. And it just, that was it. And I knew right then that it was God Whispers. That was how I was going to hear from God. Because he's not out there with the big sign going, here's my billboard, turn off, you're going to crash. Screaming at you, high-fiving, giving you the neon sign. He's not there. He's not there. If I'm going to hear from God, I've got to lean in. I've got to get closer. 
I'm going to have to listen because it's going to come as a whisper, as soft as the breath on the back of my neck, breathing on me, filling my spirit. That's how it's going to come to me. But I needed to get to a place where I could do that. And I wasn't there. And I'm still not 100% there. But I want to share my journey with you. And before we do that, I need a, a word of prayer. And I want to pray for you. Dear Heavenly Father, we're here tonight through the rain, through everything, because we love you. Because we're here tonight because we're seeking you. And God, I want to turn this message over to you right now because it has been yours from the beginning. It's never mine. I am simply a mouthpiece to deliver it. Everything in here is of you. It's you. And I just praise you, God, for this place that's filled with the Holy Spirit, with these people that are here for the love of you. And Jesus, how open our minds and hearts are tonight for this word to be planted in us, that we may take it out and that we may do thy will. In your name we pray these things. Amen. So on my little step program... First step, of course, you probably need to write this down. Just kidding, unless you're not type A. First step, be available. Be available. How many of you have a cell phone? Of course we do, right? Some of us have it turned off. Some of you sneaky Christians have it on the vibrate so that when you're sitting in church and it vibrates, then you can miss the rest of the sermon thinking, what was so important they had to call me during church? But either way, we have our cell phones. We don't go anywhere without them. We don't go anywhere without them. And if we lose them, we, will, we are willing to crawl under tables where there are breadcrumbs and dust bunnies and children's gum looking for that phone. We're late to school. Our kids have tardy slips because we left it laying on the counter. But you have to be available. And this is my God phone. So here's an example of being available. With everything, I try to tie it to an example so you can remember it. So here's my phone. Bring. What do I do first? Look at caller ID. Oh man, it's God. This is not a good time. This morning, fussed at my little boy on the way to school because he is so slow to get things done. Was not so. I love my husband, but at that very moment, I really didn't like him, and sometimes that happens. And last night just happened to be the very best night of television. Now, in this particular show, they were saying some words that were probably not appropriate. And I, I knew that, but I just wanted to see what happened. And so I didn't turn it off. So I really wasn't feeling all that good about talking to God at this very moment. So I was like, mm. but God loves us. I mean, he's going to pursue us. Bring. Oh, man, it's God again. So I'm sitting there thinking, what do I do? Four rings, what am I going to do? Ah, I've got it. I will let, I mean, he knows it's my phone, right? He's calling me. I will let God leave me a message. I will come to church on Sunday and pick it up from Pastor Frankie. That will be perfect. I'll sit a little bit closer. I'll get that anointing. I'll feel it all over me. It'll be great. Just leave me a message. By the third time, bring. Because this is a 24-hour line. 
Whether you're giving, receiving, it's the family plan. It's free, doesn't cost anything. It's always here for us, but you have to be available. By the last ring, I just turned it off. And I was thinking, you know, God, if you're watching me, don't you know I have a plan? I'm making it work. I'm making it happen. Got all the balls in the air. Everything's going on. So it's not a good time to be bothered. And so I turned it off. But the first and easiest way that you're going to hear from God is you have to be available. The second way is pace. Now, I will first give you an example of my life. My life runs at speed level. I mean, like racetrack speed level. I realized as I was making this journey, I could be driving down the road, putting on makeup at red lights, handing cheese sticks back in the back, talking on Bluetooth, trying to finish a cereal bar, and that is on the way to church. I was thinking, this is how you roll at that pace? So we live, we live unfortunately, we live in a culture that rewards that behavior. It rewards that behavior. We live in a culture where you can go to a job interview and they're going to say to you, can you multitask? I'm like, can I multitask? I can delegate. I can throw balls in the air. I can fire people. I mean, it doesn't matter. I got it going on. I can do it all at the same time. You're hired. I mean, we reward this behavior. We, we are rewarded for living at a pace that is so fast, the world goes by in a blur. We got a text the other day, and it, it, this is the nicest mom. School had started and everything, nice little boy. And I really wanted to get to know her. And she texted and said, hey, would Trace like to do a play day? I was like, wow, that is awesome. You know, we're really starting to fit in and all this. And I said, yeah, I'll, I'll get back with you and... Let me look at the calendar. So I went in, looking at the calendar. This is no exaggeration. It was like right before Thanksgiving or those scrunchy little days when you get out before Christmas, but it's not Christmas yet. Those kind of days that are like that. So I texted her back and I was embarrassed. I thought, this is crazy that... You don't have time for the simple things in life. So how are you supposed to have time to hear from God? And I realized a big point at that moment along my journey is that I was busy, but not fruitful. You can be very busy, but not fruitful. And I had to go back on my calendar and I had to start taking things off. And the question I ask myself each time is, is it bearing fruit in your life? Is it bearing fruit in someone else's life? Is it lifting anybody up? You would be amazed at how much stuff on your calendar today that is not doing that, passing that one test of, is it bearing fruit? It was just scary at the pace I was going. And of course... We're in Texas. Everybody here rides a horse, right? I mean, we're all Texans, (laughs) right? Did you bring it tonight? No, it was raining, so I brought something else, but I would have brought my horse. Well, I'm going to tell you, I am a born, bred, forever lived in Texas, and I cannot ride a horse worth a darn. Now, I don't know where this came from, but I remember when I was a child, everyone had a Shetland. Now, you can see that wasn't working for me. 
I kind of walked along on the horse like this. And I'm serious. I think it scarred me from horse riding. Well, once a year, we have this big, huge family vacation. There's nine of us. And what did they decide they want to do? Ride horses. I'm thinking, okay, no problem. Oh, yeah, I'm in, I'm in. So I go up to the guy on the side, and I'm like, listen, uh, do you have anything that's just about ready to go to pasture? Not too big, not too little, nice name. Uh, you know, one of those kind of horses. And he's like, gotcha. Yeah. Oh, I got just the thing for you. I said, okay, come walk them out. Everybody hops on, you know, they're all cowboyed up and everything. And, and, um, so I get on this horse and, uh, its name was Colorado. Nice horse. It was really good. We're going along and here's what happens. Here's how the pace went. Colorado would clob along like this. And I'm thinking, this is good, this is good. All of a sudden, Colorado would decide, big clump of grass. He would just start to stop, dead stop, not going anywhere. I'm like doing all the things in the movies, like, you know, come on, let's giddy up thing, you know, all that kind of stuff. He wasn't doing anything. He was just sitting there, big clumps of grass like this. And I was going, okay, here's what he did. He looks up he realizes that all the other horses had gone past him and he shoots off like a rocket, you know, loping like this. I'm holding on to the horn. I, I mean, the reins are no good at this point. I mean, I have no brakes. He is obviously setting the pace in my life, right? I'm hanging on, kind of going to the side this way, this way. And then uh, he stops, big clump of grass. I'm thinking, this is horrible. And how long is this supposed to last? Four hours or something? Oh, my goodness. And I am not sure we were going through, this is true fact, we were going through the jungle in Nicaragua, heading to a beach on this horse, Colorado. And I'm not sure if he, if we just kind of got into the sink or if he just wore me flat down. I don't know. Or he could just feel that I had finally given up the ghost. You know, that he was totally in control. I had just surrendered it all over to him because there was no winning. Because at this moment, when it all just kind of came together, we walked out of this jungle onto this white beach that was unlike anything I had ever seen before. And he just took off and we were loping together across these waves. And I've, I mean, it was like hair wisping in the wind. You know, I thought I was in a movie. I am not kidding. I was like, this is being filmed. I know this is being filmed. I mean, it was just like this. And when we were in sync, when we were at the same pace, we went further and faster than we could ever do with stop, go, stop, go, Stop, go. But I have a quote for you that I want to leave you with on, uh, <clears throat> on pace. It is still our job every morning to saddle up and ride. It is our job to get back on when we fall off. And it's our job to groom, tend, and feed the momentum so it is there when we need to let it loose. We have the skills to ride with the wind, but it is our job to ride at a pace that allows God to blow miracles in your face as he's guiding us home. 
The next thing you have to do to be able to hear from God is you have to have purpose. The simple reason, the simple thought about purpose is you have to believe you have one. What am I here for? What am I going to do about it? And this one's a biggie for most people, including myself. And it changes. It's ever-changing, ever-evolving. You can't just pick one at 10 and say, I'm done. Stick with it, whether it's good or bad. It's ever-changing. But it's a balance between our will and God's desires. It's a balance between what we do, what we need to do. But one of the neatest things I've ever read about, about purpose that I want to share with you because it touched my heart. It's, it's a Hasidic culture legend. And they say that their legend goes like this. At the time a baby is conceived, at the very moment of conception, an angel is there at that, at that same second. And that angel stays with this baby for the full time until he's ready to be born. And during that time, they talk. What are you going to do for the world? Who do you think you'll love? How do you think death will bring you home? They talk about what the purpose is. And at that last excruciating second, just as that baby is being born and entering into our world, from that world into our world, this angel leaves. But before she does, she reaches back, takes a finger, puts it right here on his mouth and says, shh, now forget. Everybody has the same little dent right here in our mouth. It's called a philtrum. Because, shh. So I believe that we were all born somehow knowing our purpose. I know, but I don't know. Every once in a while, it's just a little glimpse of something that tweaks your heart a little bit. But you know, you know it's there. You're not just wandering around. If you're hearing from God... If you, can, if you can stay focused on what you think is your purpose, he's going to tell you more about what you're doing. He's going to keep increasing you while you're in here looking for your purpose. But if you will stay focused on that, you will hear from God. I mean, you can walk in. It's even, it doesn't matter if it's right or wrong. Just come out and, you know, my purpose is to volunteer for children's ministry. And two hours later, that was obviously not it. I don't care. God is going. I mean, you do not know how bad. I mean, I had this mic on. It was burning a hole in me. You have no idea how bad I wanted to flip it on and run up here and during praise and worship. I cannot sing. I cannot play an instrument at all. But boy, did I want that to be my purpose. But, you know, if I'm in here and I'm just stepping out here in faith, talking to you tonight, scared out of my wits, believing in God for a word, then, then he's going to bring me my purpose. He's going to bring me one step closer to my purpose. So 
to hear from God, you have to believe it. And here's what I did, because remember, each one of these things are my, are my own tools of trying to get to hear from God more. Here's what I did. I simply took anybody in here besides me. Come on, don't lie. You're in church. Anybody in here besides me have a to-do list. Thank you. Thank you. We appreciate that honesty in church. Here's what I did. A simple thing. I took my to-do list that's taped in my car, on the dash, on the mirror, in the kitchen. I have like four or five post-it notes. I have to sit down and consolidate them. I get so many to-do lists. I love the head, Bobby. So I, I marked out the word do and wrote the word be, B-E. So now my list doesn't say to do, it says to be. Because that means every single day, every hour of my day, I can still be moving towards my purpose. So I can go to the grocery store, but instead of having a list to go to the grocery store, I can turn around and that mom that's got two kids behind me and a loaf of bread and a gallon of milk, I can pay for it. I can go to the laundry and drop off Lee's shirts or whatever, and I can say, you know what? I appreciate the fact that I don't have to iron those today. You know, it doesn't matter. You just tell somebody you love them. I mean, I'm just glad you're here. You know, you just got to change that list. I mean, stop being to do and start being to be. I want to be this. This is what I want to be today. The fourth thing is surrender to surprise. Surrender to surprise. Here is what I think is going to happen. Way, I could still keep going. Over here is what really happens. Everything in here, surprise. You know, God, you know, the Bible, it promises us trouble and all these kind of things. Here's where all that is. I call it my surprise box. Because it may be a surprise, and I can tell you some of them are awesome. And some of them are awful. And you don't know when you're in this box right here, which one it's going to be. But I can tell you that God has only good for you. Only good for you. And so no matter what's happening right here, if you will stay listening to him, putting one foot in front of the other, no matter what it, even if you think, is that really you, God? Okay, just keep moving. Keep moving through that. You, on the other side, he will bring you increase. It will be better. It will, everything you have planned over here is nothing compared to what he's got over there. If you can get through the surprise and we live in a tough culture because I wrote it specifically to say surrender to surprise, not enjoy the surprise, tough it out the surprise, surrender to the surprise because we live in a culture today where everything is this. I mean, it's like, just do it. You know, whatever that Nike thing is and this Heisman thing and whatever, you know, I mean, it's like, get after it. I mean, every commercial, I don't care if it's sports drinks or whatever. It's like, just do it. Well, you know what guy, some things you just can't do. 
I mean, I'm not a loser here, but I mean, some of this God's got a big hand in. And if you're not willing to acknowledge that, I'm the first one to stand up here in this surprise box. I can't just always do it. And I mean, it's not cool in our society to get out there and say, I'm going to surrender all. I mean, we used to sing, I surrender all. You know, people are like, no, I don't. Well, yeah, you better, because there's going to be some times if you don't surrender, he'll bring you down on your knees. One, either you're going to do it yourself or he's going to do it for you. So I say surrender to surprise. And I, I, I mean, just an example, I was living, I was over here, I was living in Wyoming and uh, not riding any horses out there either. And uh, I just kind of hang around the whole cowboy thing, don't I? I don't really like it. Um, so I'm over here living in Wyoming, had just gotten a great job as a middle school principal, loved it, loved it. I mean, just got a house and everything. I'm thinking, this is great. You know, life is going along so good. I get a telephone call. It's like, hey, honey, what you doing? I'm like, oh, fine. Everything's going good. You know, hey, mom, what's up with you? Uh, Well, uh, dad was just diagnosed with stage four cancer. He's not expected to live very long. You probably need to come home. Surprise? I'm thinking, what? Are you kidding me? I mean, I had to pack up everything, come home. You know, school year, resign. I mean, we're not talking about just go home for a visit. I mean, I resigned. Came home. I did not see anything in this surprise box that was looking very good for me. But you know what? I did what God told me to do. I took care of my dad. I stayed with my family. I walked it out and he gave me a better job. He gave me a better job. But the most important thing is, is that I stayed in there and I just stayed faithful. I kept trying to hear from him. I kept trying to do things. Now, I didn't quite have it down to where I could put these things up on the mirror and do them, but I was grasping in the air like this. I definitely was using this method, this method of where... You open up the Bible, looking for a word. Bing. You know, and that works really good until you get to one like you open up the Bible and you really need to hear a word that's going to encourage you. And it says something like, whoa, you wicked sinner. You know, like, whoa. <laughs> you know, it reminds you, here's a little hint from, from somebody who knows. Take it from me. Just don't even flip through the Old Testament. Just go right to the new and hope for the best. Because this thing over here is bad. That is bad. I, so, you know, I would be over here and I'd be going, okay, New Testament. You know, maybe try to get in the middle towards the Psalms or something. Or something. I, I just got tired of grasping. So I had to have it down to like some point by point things I could do to put myself in a position where I couldn't mess it up. So on the other side of coming out of this surprise though, I had really put away the baggage and given up on the chance of marrying and having a a child. I just pretty much thought that wasn't going to happen. When I came through that drop bomb surprise, I found my husband, the man I had been waiting for for 20 years. 20 years of working in a classroom with other people's children crying at parent-teacher conferences, thinking, how, why do they have so many children and I can't have one? And I had given all that up thinking it was never going to happen. But you know what? Today, 
after 20 years, I have a beautiful, healthy son sitting on the front row. I mean, amen to God. Now, that's one of those surprises that was awesome, but it's not going to always be that way. But I will leave you with a thought on surrendering to surprise. Just remember, you can only serve in the light to the extent that you can live in the darkness. Next thing, the dance. Asking, it's kind of like a box step. Just think asking, offering, giving, receiving. Asking, offering, giving, receiving. You cannot believe how many people cannot live in the dance. Let me give you a little test. Go up to someone and tell them that you would like to bless them with something. Most of the time, they say, oh, I couldn't accept that. It's too much. Well, let me bring a meal by me. Like, oh, no, you know, don't, don't worry. Lee will stop and pick something up on his way home. It doesn't matter that I have 104 fever. You know, we don't accept. We don't. We just don't. And we're interrupting the dance. We're interrupting the dance. God means, we, means the world to flow like this. We are dancing. I mean, and half of us are standing on the wall like a middle school gym. You know, like we're scared of other people. We're Christians and we're up against the wall, you know, like this. And I'm like, we're interrupting the dance. One day I was sitting at a nail salon and I was just chit-chatting away with the lady who was doing my nails. All of a sudden, this elderly gentleman came rolling in and uh, uh, she looked pretty frazzled and tired, maybe early 40s or something. So I was making the assumption it was her dad. She comes wheeling in. Nobody else was in the salon. And in a very kind of meek manner, she said, this is my, she said, how can I help you? And, And the lady responded. She said, this is my dad and I can't clip his toenails and, and get his feet done. I guess they get really hard, and I'm really excited about looking forward to that with you, baby. But uh, I guess those <laughs> nails or something get really hard, and, and you can't, I mean, but seriously, and she couldn't cut them, and, and he had diabetes, so I guess he had some circulation issues and some things like that. And so she just needed, you know, his feet done, maybe like a pedicure for dads or something. And I didn't think anything about it. Finished up what I was doing, walked up to the front. I was going to pay and leave. And I said, uh, just put that on my bill. I mean, you know, bless her heart. She's, she's caregiving for her dad. I mean, can't you just bless her? Wasn't a big deal, right? I didn't even think anything about it. It was five or six months later. And it was, get this, true story. You couldn't make a God miracle like this up. It was Valentine's Day. And just in case anybody doesn't know, Valentine's Day is only fun when you're single or newly married. The rest of the time, it is just not that great a day. Really, it isn't. It's just another day. And I was living alone, and uh, I was sitting there eating a uh, gallon of Bluebell ice cream, telling myself how cool it was that I could do anything I wanted. And... uh, so I was eating away, basically feeling kind of bad for myself. And, but, you know, it was just another day. Go to work tomorrow. And my doorbell rang. I thought, well, who is that? 
Now, mind you, this is literally five or six months later. It's a big chunk of time. I go to the door. I look out. And there's that car. And against the pa- it's pulled up like this against the passenger side window. I can see that little man's face pressed up there. And I'm like, is that the little man from the nail salon? At this point, I'm kind of freaked out, right? Because I'm thinking, who's driving him? You know, what's, what is this going on? You know, and I looked at there, and, there, and there's the little, the daughter, and she kind of pokes her face up there to my window, and I was like, it's them, nail salon people. So I opened the door, and I'm like, hey, you know, you want to come in and have some ice cream? She says, no, we're just here. Uh, should I had something I want to give you? And she hands me one dozen white roses not red for valentine's not yellow for texas white roses anybody who knows me knows you'd have to know me really personally to know that is absolutely my favorite flower a white rose I loved them. And she walked up to that door and handed me a dozen white roses. I about fainted. First I said, how did you find me? And she says, the lady at the nail salon told us that you worked at the school. And we went to the school and told them what you had done. So they told us where to find you. I'm thinking they're fired. No, I'm not. (laughs) No, I'm not. I was kidding. But you know what? At that moment... I could hear from God because I was in the dance. I was in the dance. So asking, offering, giving, receiving. Next to the last one, love people. They get harder as you go along. Notice starts out easy, be available. We get all the way down to the one that's going to be like, ooh, gut punch. Pow, love people. That one is tough. It's tough. And here's the way we do it in our society today. I liken everything to a great sale. Here I am at sale. Ready? Open the doors. Go. Boom. Has a ravel. Boom. I could buy it cheaper. Boom. Somebody got lipstick on the collar. Boom. You know, I mean, I'm going through them and I'm sorting what I don't want. Over the shoulder goes what I do want. Guarding that. Doing this. You know, that's how we treat people. We go up immediately. Scan. Discard. Keeper. Discard. Mm, discard, mm, discard, keeper. That's how we treat people. Not anybody here, of course. Out there. Out there. You know, it's easy to love people in here. It is not easy to love the person that's sitting there talking on their phone when the light is green. I'm not loving them. I'm like, where's? I'm not hearing anything from God except Ty, don't do it. I'm like, I got a lot of insurance. I'm just going to run the back over this thing. <laughs> but I'm like, it's tough. But you know what? The, real, the truth of it is, all joking aside, the truth of it is, the reason that it is so hard to love people is there's two, two things you got to do. One, you got to drop the judgment. Amen. You're like, oh, I don't have any judgment. Yeah, we all have it. I'm only observing. No, you're not. It's judgment. First, you got to drop, drop the judgment. And second thing you got to do is you got to reveal something about yourself. 
What? Not easy. You got to drop the judgment and you got to reveal something about yourself. Let me show you how it works out. I will pretend this is not one of my husband's work functions. <laughs> Hello, you're on, right? So I come in the door and it's like, oh, hi. It is so good to see you. It's been so long. How are the kids? Wait a minute, she's talking. I wasn't expecting any... Why is she expanding on this? She was supposed to just say, fine. Now I'm backing up away from her, and I look like one of those dogs in the car window with my head just bobbing like this because I am not revealing anything, and I'm judging like crazy. Like, why is she still talking? I mean, I didn't mean for this to really be a meaningful conversation. I've done that. I mean, I've been standing there looking at him, smiling like a bobblehead doll, thinking... Did she lose weight? How'd she do that? You know, something like that. It's crazy because we will judge people and we will not reveal things about ourselves. So I just want to read you a quick, a quick quote. It has always been, I read this and I I just thought it was awesome because it described how I feel a lot of the times. It has always been scary to step into the circle to show up in the company of strangers and ask for entrance or to, offer, or to offer it. Our hearts race and we wonder, will we have the courage to see each other? And here's the deal. We cannot love each other. I cannot love you if I do not know you. You cannot love me if you do not know me. And the last one is the easy, obvious one. Take it out to the world. We keep it all in here. It's like when we open the doors, the Holy Spirit flows out and it's gone. And we have to come back next Sunday to get filled back up again because that sweet perfume, that fragrance of God talking to us and feeling that is gone. So we need to take it out to the world. And the only thing I would say is, here's the center of the world. Example, most of the time I find myself thinking I'm standing right in the middle of it and everything's revolving around me. So if you really want to take it out to the world, if you want to be able to hear from God and to speak for God, you have to step out of the center of that world and make something else, make him the center of that world. He's got to be the center of the world. And listen, he can't compete with you for space in here. He cannot. You got to take it out. You got to take it out. So I just want to remind you, hearing from God, this is my journey. I hope in some way it blessed you. You have to be available. You have to set a pace that's in sync with God. So you're at least going slow enough to hear from him. You have to be moving towards your purpose, not someone else's and not not something that someone thinks is your purpose. You have to stay in the dance. You have to try and love other people. And then you need to take it out to the world. And I can promise you today, the last one thing I want to share with you is I can promise you today, I cannot do all seven of those whispers. I cannot feel all seven of them at the same time. But after working on it, after reading it every day, after putting it in my car to remind me today to do at least two or three of those things, when I do that, I can promise you I have the righteousness, peace, and joy that God said I would have. 
I have it. And I just pray today, I just pray over you. I just want to bless and encourage you to at least try it. And I just hope that you are blessed beyond measure. I hope that you're blessed beyond measure that, and that so many good things come for you. And I guess I give you your stage back, Pastor Frankie. And thank you so much for allowing me to be here tonight.